Hello everyone and welcome to Capital City Comrades. My name is Ethan Soderberg. I go by he him pronouns and I'm joined with my co-host today. Yes. Yeah. Sorry, we had a. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, it's been kind of a hot minute. Uh, we just sorting through some, sorting through some stuff and uh, working out sometimes. But we're we're back now. So. Uh, Job's going good, you said. Great to have everyone back, and I'm excited to. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Well, it, it's we all right. We introduced ourselves. Uh, we are people. Yeah, Aldi's going good. Yeah, you're at one of the Aldi's now, right? Yes, yep. Pewaukee. Aldi's a good. That's fine. Good job for right now. Right. I worked on a lot of writing today, I will say that. Oh, yeah. You finish your, uh. You finish, uh, the first draft of your novel, or? Cool, Ooh. but I am still working on my draft. Um, it's going a lot better though because I'm kind of only focusing on three characters, and right? Their world building experience, so it's going better than it ever has for sure. What, what kind of like a dystopia was the? Uh, what kind of dystopia was the... Oh, I was just uh, saying what kind of uh, dystopia was uh, the book you just read. Introductory of a book, and 
it's the first part of the trilogy, so all of the questions that I have about it will probably be answered. So nice. This city underground that kind of sounds like a city of ember. Possibly, I haven't read City of Ember, but it, yeah, it's called the um, the Recoleta trilogy. Okay, so cool. I I met that author um, at a con in 2015, and she was really cool. She was one of the authors that told me that I don't need to publish short stories in order to get published, and that made me feel a lot better about my writing. Um. Right. And uh, now she writes for video games. Well, that's cool. That's cool. That's really cool. Hi, Matt. Aww. Oh, I just saw a cat in the background. Oh, oh yeah. Shame it. Oh, yeah. That's one. Parents cat. That's Shame. Oh. The creative uh, designer on the video game of The Outer Worlds. Oh. And this is her kind of her foot in the door. These this uh, murder mystery dystopian trilogy. Cool. So, yeah, she's she was really nice. She was very informative and cool to talk to. So she uh, what, she like a younger woman uh, more. I think she's in like her early thirties now. Oh, nice. Um, but yeah, she's pretty. For her age, she's pretty, like, accomplished. I think she has an MFA, which is something that I've kicked around. I don't know if I want to get an MFA, personally, as a writer, because debt. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but, um... Yeah. Yeah, it was, it was fun to read. I enjoyed it. It affected my writing, because the characters and the plot and the dialogue are really, really snappy. I think the... the the first installment suffers a little bit from a lack of like world building, but I got two more books to hopefully help me out with that. So nice. Yeah, read Recoleta. It's good. Nice. Good recommendation. Anything that's like dystopian is up my alley. Oh hell yeah! I'm I'm always like start with 1984 and Fahrenheit 451 and Brave New World and then. And I go from there because it's a big genre. Um, if you want to go like the absolute bare minimum white cloth route, read The Hunger Games. Um, yeah. And that's not a diss on The Hunger Games. I'm just saying it's very it's very accessible. It's entry level. Yeah. 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 Yeah, especially and since it's, it's not, like not necessarily a bad thing. It's mm -hmm. just. Well, they were mainly aimed towards, uh, they were mainly aimed towards teens, the, the Hunger yeah, Games YA, books. So, yeah. Yep. But I know a lot of, like, people of, like, all, like, uh, age range, like, read them, so. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I haven't read them. I watched the, the movies, so I was like, this is interesting. I, I read the first two books, and I watched the first two movies. Yeah. The third movie was kind of weird because, like, uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman was in the second and uh, third one, but he died during, like, production of the third one, so they um ended up, like, CGI-ing his character in a couple scenes, which was... Oh, yeah. 
yeah, it's kind of uncanny valley stuff, but. Uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman was in the Hunger Games movies, but he died during production, so they CGI'd him in a couple scenes. But they didn't make him, the they didn't make the character talk. Thankfully, in the scenes he was like CGI or whatever. Okay. Okay. Cool. Cool. Um, I know we mentioned we might talk about the. Yeah. I know we mentioned uh, we might talk a little bit about the Lana Del Rey stuff. I don't know that. I think the biggest thing I wanted to say was there was like kind of that like. Uh, backlash because she had like that um uh statement saying like uh like analyses of like little things in it because that I'm sorry I didn't catch the last thing you said hello yeah Can you hear me now? For a moment. Are we good? Can you guys hear me? Yes. I can now. Just a lot of like breaking up. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, it's cutting out a little bit there. Yeah, I'll make sure to cut out the some of this that some of the ear interference or whatever. Okay. Uh no, I was just uh mentioning uh the there's a little bit of post production magic to it. Yeah. Uh Yeah, that's like uh that might be another uh topic we broach later is like um the ethics of like putting like uh people that have died in uh live action movies digitally. What's funny? What is the you were you talking about the Hunger Games? You said? Yeah, I was saying like uh that might be one something we want to talk about later was uh the ethics of like um putting like uh people like actors that have died in movies digitally. Like, um, it's definitely, like, 
Yeah. But there's been quite a few. Sorry, go ahead. Uh, yeah, that was, um, that was a little bit better because they, um, used, like, uh, footage from scenes and, uh, that had, that had been, um, uh, cut and, like, spliced them together. No, sorry, they did that for, um, uh, they did that for, uh, Rise of Skywalker, sorry. They, uh, some of the stuff they cut from Last Jedi, they spliced together into, um, uh, Rise of Skywalker. Yeah. Um, but... That's the one I haven't seen, even though I know all the spoilers for it. Yeah, speaking of Star Wars, there was, like, the... There was, like, they had, like, uh, like a CGI Peter Cushing for, like, Rogue One. That was one of the more off-putting things in that movie. Yeah. Because, like, he's been dead for a couple years, but they brought his character back for Rogue One. He was, like, a CGI thing and someone doing, like, an impression of his voice. Yeah, it was a little... That's fair. I think the the Mandalorian's pretty alright, but They were definitely ruined by um, a lot of like uh, boomer Gen Z, no, not Gen Z, um, uh, Gen X, like meme culture for sure. Yeah. Little Nas so, X memes are fantastic. Um. Yeah. Uh. 
briefly before we get on to uh, Montero, I was gonna say that we mentioned uh, talking a bit about like controversies around like uh, Lana Del Rey, um, and I think the big one people uh, were talking about was how she released that like statement or or whatever where where she um think it was like on Instagram like a couple months ago where she said like now that people are having like all these songs about like sex and and stuff or whatever can she still can she sing more like songs about like uh being like uh submissive or whatever without getting flack from it and um I guess some people the artists she was mainly mentioning were like um black artists so some people thought she was calling out like a uh, like black musicians or or whatever uh, I, I don't i don't think she meant it as as a racial or cultural thing i think that she just happened to be all of those people yeah i think that she was just picking names out of a hat and those were the names she was picking names out of a hat because they're the most successful and they just happen to be all black women but then yeah. you know how society is they like to make them look like the bad guys right yeah there there are some questionable kind of head scratching things she said and done though and no, there are. like she like she like just posted like pictures about like of like prince philip after he passed away and people in the comments were like like you do know that uh, Prince Philip and Queen Elizabeth II were like cousins or something. Confused with Lana because her music like embodies like a lot of free sort of like hippie like you know you think more progressive. I think type of people type of audience such as myself, but then sometimes she'll like say or post things that are just kind of like like old timey and like kind of. Is something you wouldn't expect her to do. I, I think her intentions and heart are like in the right place. Right. But, but the execution can be a little flawed sometimes. Yeah, the only um uh, thing that that whole statement I didn't have much much problem with. Um, maybe she could have word worded it better. Um, I guess the more recent controversy is she had like that book signing too where she had like the lace mask or whatever and so this isn't really gonna do much but apparently it there weren't actual holes in the mask there was like a plastic part underneath it but I still get what you mean like people are gonna think that there are like holes in it but Uh, part underneath where but after after the flag that she got from the mesh mask thing, even though it did have, you know, like lining underneath it, um, like she, you know, there's videos and photos of her wearing like a proper, like, kind of more uh, conventional mask after that. So mm-hmm. she's even wearing the mesh mask in the music video for Chemtrails Over the Country Club. Nice. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. I mean, it was more like a stylistic thing than it was like a 
Yeah. Yeah. She can, she, can, she can be a little bit clueless at times, but I think she means well. She's just doesn't always um, say the right thing or like say it what people want to hear or like how they want to hear it. Yeah, totally. Just uh, just um, mentioning like some of the the stuff around her and like I thought it was like a good topic for conversation yeah no she can she can definitely be a little bit polarizing but i think i think every celebrity can from time to time because yeah you know everybody's you know nobody's perfect we all make mistakes we all say and do dumb stuff that we Uh uh-huh Yeah, because there's less people in your um uh so it's it's a different it's a different game, but yeah, I think um Yeah, but at the same time you also have about like knowing your audience and like you know, just thinking before you speak, thinking before you act. Which not everyone does all the time. (laughs) Yeah, there's also the element there's also the element where you have to take into consideration that um, a lot of people that live like the the pop star lifestyle or whatever they have less um, people in their immediate circle to like give them like constructive criticism or like advice. So sometimes they say like. Right. And sometimes you can't live up to that example and there's there'll be like problems that rise from that. Um, addressing and finding positive 
activity is more toxicity. That's not the cops killing anything or getting anything done. But I do believe in consequences, and I do believe in, you know, people needing to, like, understand the, the context and the framework and the, you know, just the, the ramifications of the things that they say and do. Right. So, yeah, on that note, I think we'll be talking about uh, Montero. Um, Call me by your name. Uh, So we're all we're all um, people of people of taste here. We've all been around for a long, long year. Um, So. just uh just kind of interesting to note that uh that as far as like uh the devil is concerned like uh the idea of satan in like um in like music that's been around forever so <laughs> um I think we can we can start start there with like the hypocrisy there and then I think we could probably get to like what a lot of um more like uh, conservative uh Christians are mad about with this video for this um little Nas song Mm-hmm. Um, and Ghost has a lot of very, very, very explicitly satanic, blasphemous um, stuff in their music. Some of it is very satirical, some of it is intentionally very campy, and then some of it is a little bit more serious and serious in a way where they use kind of Satan as like an avatar for like
panic panic that happens. I'm just kind of like rolling my eyes and trying to like just go with it because I'm just like, okay, like this is like this has been done before. This is this has happened before. This this type scene. Mm-hmm. Uh, yesterday, yesterday was his birthday. And it was a fucking cool song, too. Yeah, it was a, it was a 
Yeah. So it was crossover. Everyone knew it. Everyone could sing along to it. Everyone could dance along to it. It was huge. It was inescapable for a hot minute. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you look at like um. Well, look at the Rolling Stones. Um, for example, I referenced their song uh, "Sympathy for the Devil" earlier, and that's um uh, song directly told from like a Lucifer's like um point of view. And they have like um, an album called like uh, Satan's like loyal servants too. So there's satanic and it's uh, Majesty's request or something like that. Speaking yeah. Speaking of the rainbow, yeah. Well, yeah, they complained about the yeah, Rolling Stones too, but um. Nib. That's also a. No, NIB's a Black Sabbath th song. You there? Yeah, I'm here. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Yep. Um, yeah, Black Sabbath is, yeah, they used a lot of that stuff too. Yeah, but that's, um, that's a song about the devil falling in love with a human woman, which is, uh, Yes, that's the that's the myth, that's the mythology. Um it it's it's very complicated. There's um there's technically a figure like Satan in um in Judaism, Islam and Christianity, but Christianity expands upon the idea of like there being a devil, like the most. I mean, like, all, like, religions and mythologies have, like, uh, like, evil figures. But, like, the idea of the devil didn't really start until, like, uh... Oh, okay. Uh, what, what did I, I get cut off on? Yeah, I was uh, saying that there's um, there's a f there's figures and uh, similar to the devil in like almost every like religion or mythology, um, but the idea of the the devil in like um 
most like uh, Western traditions, uh, like Christian traditions, didn't really start until after the fall of the Roman Empire. And that was, um, uh, that's where, like, all that, uh, stuff with, like, 666 being the number of the beast and stuff comes from, uh, because that was, like, the number on, like, uh, Roman coins and, and stuff, and, uh, there was, like... I was gonna say, because this is, this is 666 code for world... Yes. Right. Um and there's I think I'm not sure what the smallest one is, but I think that's how I read it. Yeah. Uh Luce, Lucifer as like a fallen angel, I think that that whole idea came around like uh the Middle Ages and was added to a lot of like um European translations of the of the Bible but basically like the whole idea was he was like uh jealous of humanity and then like uh tempted like the tempted like Adam and Eve with the apple um Well, it was I think it's I think it's more for criticism than looking back. Like that was their way of criticizing. Yeah, it was a mix of borrowing like other figures from mythology and like uh like um kind of like satirizing like uh like powerful like Roman or like Babylonian leaders. Yeah. Um like the whole um the whole depiction of, like, Satan being, like, half-goat with, like, the big goat horns that's directly, like, um, taken from, like, depictions of, uh, satyrs and, uh, the god Pan, who was, like, a forest god who had, like, um, who was, like, part goat. He had, like, goat legs and goat horns and his cohorts. And his cohorts were known as, like, satyrs, or later in Roman mythology they were called fauns. F-A-U-N-S. Uh, it's 
which is kind of interesting to think too because uh later the the author uh, C.S. Lewis would use like would use like fawns as like um mainly like neutral or good characters and most of his books in the Chronicles of Narnia are like really like heavily heavily like um big metaphors for like uh coming to Jesus and stuff and Yeah, that's what that's that's uh, C.S. Lewis. That's uh, that's uh, C.S. Lewis. That's the exact um. Uh, I was saying he he used used them in his books. Yeah. Yeah. The kitty is God. The cat is God. <laughs> yeah, that was like Fred Willard played like Aslan in that, right? Oh, it's terrible. Wasn't it, uh, Jennifer Coolidge played, like, the white in that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, um, so I guess with this, this video, um, if, if people haven't seen it, um, we've, we've made a lot of references to it, but, um, yeah, basically, like, the whole song, um, the subtitle is a reference to the movie, the movie and a book "Call Me by Your Name," which is about like a, a this uh, young younger man and like this um slightly like older man uh having like a whirlwind romance in like a, a rural Italy in like uh the nineteen eighties. Um, it's uh. The movie, it's uh, Timothy Chalmay and a uh, recently canceled actor, um, <laughs> Army Hammer. But, uh, Wait, what yeah, that's wh that's what the that's what the song is named uh, directly after. Um, Army Hammer. Um,
yeah, especially among like a modern. Uh, basically, um, he like got. Uh, yeah, I'm here. Okay, so basically, he um. He had some. He had some weird videos leak where he was talking about like wanting to like eat eat people and um eat like parts of like his like um partners and stuff and he had some uh, sexual harassment like allegations or whatever recently too and I guess he. He has some major like um addiction issues or or whatever. Uh, basically, I think the whole consensus is he just seems like he has some some issues that he could probably get help for. But yeah, but basically, he's lost a lot of like um he's lost a lot of like um career opportunities as of this year because of it. But um, but, y but yeah. Anyways, that the song is uh the title, or subtitle rather. Um, call me by your name is uh directly in reference to that, to that movie. Um, uh, the song itself is kind of like seems to be like a whirlwind, like um romance too. Um. Oh, I thought it was just harassment. I didn't know it was like full on rape allegations. Yeah, it's a bad it's a bad time. Um, but Back to um uh, little Nas X, uh, yeah this uh yeah this um uh this uh video it's basically the the whole the whole thing is uh, it's uh little Nas X playing like um various characters through the video um. It starts with him like kind of playing like this Eve like figure and like this this like uh area that's supposed to be like reminiscent of like the Garden of Eden and him being tempted by like um like a snake god that's also played by Little Nas. Yeah. Like the serpent in the Garden of Eden. Um then he ends up in like a uh, coliseum with like a bunch of like spectators and then he pole dances to hell and uh gives uh Satan a lap dance and then he um kills Satan and uh, crowns himself the new king of hell so it 
it's a lot of it's a lot of fun. The video's a lot of fun. <laughs> um it's also the art style in it is loosely based on like a lot of uh Harmonious uh, Bosch's paintings, especially uh, the Garden of Earthly Delights, which is like a painting that depicts both um, the Garden of Eden and um, and Hell. So, so yeah, um, but yeah, a lot of uh, conservative Christians were were mad about all the all the gay subtext and the fact that uh it depicted like um uh, uh some like slightly explicit stuff with like uh a satan but mainly they're mad about the gay stuff is <laughs> what the uh yeah i was just saying like um mainly the mainly the christians are saying they're mad about like the satan stuff and the gay stuff but they mainly seem to be mad about the the gay stuff in the video I almost like the video more than I like the actual song.
What was, like, a Weird Al Yankovic, he did, like, on, uh... Oh, yeah, he did, like, a parody of Yankovic. Yeah, he did a parody of, like, the whole, like, um, uh, Stairway to Heaven, like, urban legend, and it was, like, uh, if you play the song, like, backwards, there's a line that says, uh, Satan eats cheese whiz, which is very funny. Oh, I love him. Speaking of the wall, um, have you seen the nostalgic re review for the movie? <laughs> it's so bad. It's literally one of the most embarrassing things I think we've ever seen. Uh, they probably gave him a big paycheck. Yeah, I, there's probably, like, legitimate criticisms you can have with, like, the album and, like, the message you want to convey. 
and stuff, but like the the criticisms they they gave in the in the review are just like so shallow and like so dumb. Like the whole the whole thing where he completely missed that that he he's saying like the whole like uh, we don't we don't need no education like saying like uh, <laughs> school isn't that bad. It's like you first saw they're talking about like not only school in a different country but it was school in a different time where there was like less like um less like regulations on how like teachers could like treat kids and stuff is really like a really good like piece of like auto autobiographical art too for sure um i mean i mean i know obviously like he didn't <laughs> he didn't really become like popular with helping his family but like all the stuff about like trouble in like school and
hear me now? Okay. Um, yeah, I think a lot of it's just my uh, laptop here. Yeah, okay. just saying like uh, Roger Waters was like he just thought people had like lost connection with the arts or something like that and he just rambunctious or whatever just uh, shows that like how like much like music videos as an art form are like popular music videos aren't as made as much anymore as they they were
His exact response was, okay, Jesus, I'm in. And they got into like a whole like kind of like funny Jesus of people just giving like uh, giving like uh, yeah, and like at one point he said, I'm gonna I'm gonna fuck your dad. <laughs> She was like, this evil man just spreading to read out the lyric it was that was so funny talking about like how he couldn't please his wife and she just
again, 60% of popular music is about sex. Like, and like, Like when big men with beards talk about being a huge dick towards women. what happened with disco a lot of the hatred towards disco was completely like
Jews in some cases were not accustomed to fulfilling Yeshua's expectations. And Paul's telling this to write to Timothy, put on your new identity in Jesus. And so this is like singing songs and things like that. For example, I thought I'd just kind of sing this one out. Paul wrote this one a few years ago. It's kind of forgotten for a while. Turned out that was commercial type of thing.